0: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You know, sometimes the game of chess politically just never ends, which it never really does end. It's not sometimes. It's all the time. But we have to keep our guard up, and the game of chess, of life, and of politics seems to be driving us mad each and every day. Hey, welcome into the program. It is The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening, your millennial general reporting for duty like we do yesterday, like we do today, and like we're going to do tomorrow again as well. A lot of stuff coming up today. Who do we have on the program today? Oh, that's right. Drew Allen. He is host of the Drew Allen Show podcast, also on the online at DrewThomasAllen.com. We've had him on the show before. He'll be joining us to talk about the wokeness of the Olympics. Oh, yes. You've been hearing a lot about the Olympics. Now we have the news of uh, Japan going under a state of emergency with COVID-19 and the Delta variant. That's fun. So no individ- all Everybody that bought tickets, go watch it. Not allowed to do that anymore. So that's fun. But they are still continuing on with the Olympic sporting events in just another week or two in Tokyo. So we'll get to that here in just a little bit. But the game of, oh, by the way, before I do that too, I have to admit I'm kind of excited. As you know, I don't get excited about too many sporting events. I just, I I don't care. Just really don't care. There is one in particular though, and it's coming up this weekend, getting ready for the big Conor McGregor fight and the MMA, the UFC fighting against Dustin Poirier. The trilogy, baby, it's going to be a big one. The big news today, Donald Trump's going to be attending in support of the Irishman, Conor McGregor. I know. Kind of awesome. So we're getting the best of both worlds. Now, the reason he's doing that is because just a while ago, Conor McGregor had showed support for Donald Trump, which he did get some heat for, but like him and him being worth almost a billion dollars, he don't care. He had made a tweet, not this year, but was it last year, two years ago? Conor McGregor had made a tweet about uh, Martin Luther King Day and said that Donald Trump was the goat of the USA, which was big shoes to fill compared to the history that we've had and one of the best presidents that we've had. So congrats to President Trump and happy Martin Luther King Day. It was kind of an awesome tweet. So Donald Trump showing up to the big trilogy coming up in Las Vegas this weekend, and it's going to be a big one. We have some fans and listeners out in actually Las Vegas, and I wonder what the odds are right now. Might have to put some money on that. One of these days, I'm telling you, one of these days I would love to put some money on a a fight like that just to say that I was able to do it. Maybe it's one that I could attend. Maybe it's an actual Conor McGregor fight because that would make me really happy as well. Nonetheless, we may have some fun with that tomorrow on our Wild Fridays that we like to have talking about some other shenanigans. But the game of chess, politically, are you savvy with it? Do you know how to play it? Do you like to play the game of chess politically? I'm not talking about the actual game of chess, which, by the way, am kind of professional at. I was the eighth grade champion at my high school or middle school. I guess eighth grade is middle school. I was the eighth grade champion at my middle school when I was that age. That's right. In chess. I know. I'll hold your applause. I'll sign autographs later. Uh, <laughs> I've always enjoyed chess. I'm excited to teach Little Voice a Reason about it, which I've started kind of sorta, but she's not really quite there yet, but I'll get her. I'll get her hooked on chess. She, we are playing checkers now and she does enjoy that one. So now I just need to up the ante into to chess. But Chess is such a valuable tool because you get to learn about different moves numerous times ahead, which I have to admit, my entire life I have been terrible at. That was the good thing of Mrs. voice of reason because she's the one that always thinks ahead long term. And when her and I disagree on how to approach certain things, I'm like, hey, this sounds perfect. We'll just do this. And she's like, Andy, dummy, don't you think a little bit long term ahead here? Let's do this. Oh, Yeah which I think most guys are, aren't we, kind of Neanderthals that kind of walk along and just kind of do what our wives tell us? And I'm okay with that, honestly, because we're just reactionary. They're a little bit more long-term planning, at least many of us are, and uh, the blondness in me included. But I do see the game of chess being played politically all the time and the narratives being adjusted. Do you think sometimes, just throwing this out there, put on the tinfoil hat if this is what you want to believe, but do you think just once in a while the government, the Democrats, the Progressives, the elitists, the global, whatever you want to call them, the deep state, whatever, they drop a media headline just to make you let your guard down a little bit. Do you think that ever happens? The news story runs, oh, thank goodness we won that battle. Woo! We can celebrate now. Hoorah USA. We let our guard down and then they do it a different way. Seems to happen quite a bit. Pretty frequently, actually. Here's the latest headline from CNBC. Joe Biden's plan to raise taxes on corporations and the wealthy is losing momentum. Sounds like a pretty good deal, right? We've been fighting the raise of corporate taxes. They try to do the global tax, minimum uh, minimum global tax, so that way all the countries did the same minimum minimum corporation tax, so no matter where the, co- the company went, then they can actually tax them at the same rate and try and decentivize them from actually leaving the country, and they could stay just there and actually just pay the same rate. That busted big time. Thanks again to Ireland, because they came out and said, uh-uh, we're not doing your 18 20 25%, whatever it was, minimum corporate global tax rate. We're going to keep ours at like 12%. So do whatever you want to, but companies, come on over to Ireland. You can have a Guinness on us, and you can start your business and corporation and have your headquarters right here in, in Dublin, Ireland. And that's a great deal. So that kind of busted. Then they were looking at trying to raise it nationally across the country here. Well, corporations don't pay enough. They're a bunch of evil jerks. They have more than us. Which you get down to the root cause of that psychologically and you realize that they're just envious or they're just angry because they don't have control over that or they didn't come up with the idea themselves. So they're really just like children trying to come out of their cocoon and realize that they're just envious and jealous of the success of other individuals. It's kind of sad and pathetic, honestly, but that's the way that they are. You got to look at the deeper level of why they do what they do. So on the surface, this seems great. Biden's tax plan. Wanting to raise taxes on corporations and the wealthy is losing momentum. As we're talking about the infrastructure package that's still in debates right now, it seems like the Senate committee, not the Senate as a whole, but the Senate committee has come to an agreement with the White House on what the package is going to look like, where Biden compromised. And for those on the radio, I'm using compromise in the air quotes, compromised on raising fees and taxes for individuals using electric cars, compromised on raising corporate taxes because he really, really, really wants to get this through. Now, he also said that he's going to put it in another bill after the infrastructure package because obviously we can't afford this garbage, but nonetheless, that's what they wanted to do because it's a compromise. Their compromise means let's just balk a little bit and just make and appease the other side a little bit by throwing them a breadcrumb, and then we'll get the rest of our stuff a little bit later. That's compromise on the other side of the aisle, but this seems like a big victory. Hooray! Doesn't sound like we're going to see corporation tax increases. Doesn't seem like we're going to see tax increases on the wealthy because they already pay all the taxes in the country and for those that understand tax brackets understand that as well and how much money is actually coming in they're not going to do that that's good news hoorah but that doesn't mean that we settle down and we stop there's other headlines as well that are a red flag that means they're fighting in a different way which again in the game of chess we got to be aware of the move that's coming up from behind us that we're not quite aware of Here's according to MarketWatch. Job numbers in the U.S. rose slightly in May to a record of 9.21 million, reflecting the insatiable demand for labor as the economy fully reopens after COVID-19. But the number of available jobs has also set a record for three straight months. 9.21 million jobs available in the country right now with businesses looking to hire individuals. Why are we still having a labor shortage in this country? Why don't people go back to work and actually get some of these? Andy, they're jobs that I don't want. Because, again, we've hit a level of I'm better than you, so I'm more qualified than that. Guess what? I've told you this story many times before. When I'm looking to get money to pay to support my family, I will do whatever it takes, whether it's stocking shelves, flipping burgers, or working as a bussing tables. I don't care because I will do whatever it takes. To take care of my family you don't just say well i'm qualified as an engineer so i just need the government bailout to take care of me with additional unemployment benefits now they're using it like we've mentioned before as they extend it and many states continue to extend it they're using that as the argument to try and raise minimum wage now what does that do let's look a little deeper and understand why are they trying to raise that minimum wage right now there's the headline for a major industry like i don't know hospitality industry Here's a headline from Yahoo News. A third of former hospitality workers said they're not planning to return to work in the industry during the labor shortage because they want higher pay. The hospitality industry taking care of people, entertainment, the flights, the hotels, all the entertainment of different, uh, I don't know, zoos and parks or whatever else. The hospitality is taking care of you when you're out doing your business on a daily basis. A third of that industry is not wanting to return back to work until they get higher pay. Do you realize how big of an industry that is? Throwing those numbers out. Uh, That is $1.6 trillion in economic output is the tourism and travel and hospitality industry. $1.6 trillion in economic output back in 2017, according to SelectUSA.gov, and supports nearly 7.8 million jobs across the United States. Now, let's just say, just for easy numbers here, all 7.8 million of those ended up shutting down, stepping aside, losing their jobs over the COVID-19 pandemic the last year, and a third of them don't want to come back until they get higher wages. Do you realize how many jobs that is? Do you realize how much money that is that's being lost right now? So what's the plan, the deeper plan for the government to get more money? It's not the corporation now. It's not the evil rich people now. It's let's fight for the raise in minimum wage in order to raise the rates of people to come back into there because guess what? The bread and butter is going to be income tax. The income tax that people pay, and when you raise that rate, that means the government's getting more money. That means there's more people back in the workforce that's giving the government more money. They've realized that the cash cow is not the corporation because obviously they have a lot of money, but they're also getting a lot of money from them as well. Oh, like uh, uh, Elon Musk only paid 3% in tax rates. Yeah, he also paid almost a billion dollars in taxes as well. It was like 500, 600 million, whatever it was for one year in taxes just on the corporation itself, not including the personal income, which they usually don't pay a lot of personal income because when you're... Personal finances are invested into your business. That's your livelihood. You don't make a lot of money. It's just write offs for the business. It's not sleazy. It's just the way government or it's just the way business works and it makes sense. It's not a loophole. That's stupid. It's the corporation that's already paying the money that's close to a billion dollars that he paid in taxes. So they're already paying plenty. The government's looking for the major heart center of the economy that is the middle class, that is the working class. And if we can get them back into the workforce, which they kind of sort of want, they want them on the government programs because we get to be more dependent, but they also get to put them in the workforce and get more money because ultimately their main goal is to strain small business. Think about this for a second. When you strain small business by saying raising minimum wage, raising those wages for those people that want to come back, the small businesses can't afford it. little mom-and-pop AAA shop, mom-and-pop little small airports across the country, little tourist attractions across the country. You can't afford to pay that. $15, $16, $17 an hour if they were making minimum wage. Can't afford to do that. Guess what? That's going to lead to another crisis of businesses going to the government saying, I need assistance. I need help. I need grants. I need loans. I need a little help. You're getting the best of both worlds. You're now getting more money from the income tax coming in from people going back into the workforce and You now get complete control over the middle class and the small business that's close to 90% of business across the nation based on them struggling and shutting their doors because they can't afford to pay those higher wages. You now, ladies and gentlemen, have a better of both worlds, and that's better than the straight-line shot that they've done for so long trying to raise those corporate tax rates and saying that the evil rich people don't pay their fair share. They've now played and changed the board a little bit, and they've moved their chess pieces, and now we have to respond and realize that while they're trying to give up one fight— They're still fighting it, but they're kind of backing off and realizing they don't have as much support that they're trying it from the back end and they're coming after your money again in a different way with even more control than before. we just got to be aware of it. And when we're aware of it, we'll shoot that one down again and we can continue to celebrate and say, ha, we beat the progressive left-wing socialist agenda. Lots coming up on The Voice of Reason for a pre-Friday celebration today. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting all over the country. You can hang out with us on our social media with our handle at Hoosier Reason, also on the website at HoosierReason.com. Drew Allen coming on the program in just a little bit. I want to be clear here as they try to change the game of all the chess that they like to play and trying to find a way to get more of your money because, you know, income tax, state income tax, federal income tax, sales tax, property tax. Uh, Licensing and fees and registrations and uh, fines and whatever else they try and find out to get money. Plus, you get the tariffs and the trading and everything. They get so much money but it's just not enough. It's never enough for them, so they got to find news ways to do it. While they try and go at this different angle to get more money and get people kind of sort of into the workforce, raise the rates so that way inflation goes up, we spend more money, more people fail, we bail more people out, we get more control, while this nice little snowball of effects starts happening, at the same time, they're still going to be going after the corporate tax rates. you got to remember that they're not going to give this up. That's the Democrats' epitome of what. That's what they love to do. It's wonderful for them. They love raising corporate tax rates because it's never, if they could do 60, 70% like they tried to do back in the Jimmy Carter eras, then they're happy because by golly, we're going to get so much money. We want absolute control and we want, you you don't deserve the money that you get. You can get a little bit to live off of, but you don't deserve that million dollar contract of profit every year. So they're still going to find new ways to, or multi million dollars. I know it's small for many companies, but you get the point. They're going to go after that. And you got to remember with the sneakiness of what they're trying to do, who's really behind this? Do you really think that Joe Biden's the mastermind of saying, well, let's back off on the corporate tax rates right now because it's not going anywhere. Let's do the minimum wage increase. Yeah, let's do that. He doesn't even know the name of minimum wage. He doesn't know how to spell that. He struggles with that on a daily basis. So that's more the progressive, maybe AOCs, maybe Kamala Harris in the background saying, you know what, we're going to raise the minimum wage. We're going to fight for this. We're going to continue to try and raise these wages up so we can destroy small business. The ones that are trying to struggle and suffer, then we can try and bail them out, which, by the way, just proves, according to the Democrats, that COVID's not over. People are still struggling. Why do you think we've seen the Fast and Furious movement over the last few months? We're coming out of COVID. Things are opening back up. Now we're hearing the cases about the Delta virus uh, variant that's super, super scary. We're hearing about the Delta variant where we're seeing cases increase all over the country. And now we're, you know, we're seeing more cases. We're concerned about 4th of July weekend. And now we're concerned about children getting it. We need to get the children vaccinated. But whatever. Cases are going up. They try to crash the economy, ram through the infrastructure, ram through the COVID relief, ram through the Families plan, ram through these tax hikes, ram through this type of uh, minimum wage increases all over. So that way, by September, when we get to the end of the federal budget, they can't say, well, I guess the economy is doing good again. I guess we better get rid of those programs. We said way back when, didn't we, that they don't do that. They said, uh, this is a direct quote from Joe Biden, from his administration, they were going to get rid of the extended unemployment COVID-19 benefits, the additional benefits, the three $400 a week, when things look better, when things get better, when the economy is back on par, when the economy has turned around. You know, very vague terms. It's like when you try and, you know, one of your friends on social media is like, guys, we need to hang out. And you're like, All right, we totally will. When things calm down. Okay, when's that? Well, you know. When things calm down, we'll get there. Don't worry. Which I hate using that because I truly honestly do like to meet people and I feel bad when I use use that sometimes and I have all the intention of, but then things get in the way. But when people use it intentionally, when things calm down, when the economy recovers. Okay, when's the economy going to recover? Well, when you raise inflation rates and you raise minimum wage and you start taxing people more and you start shutting more businesses down, and then the the unemployment rate stays high because you've shut down so many businesses that aren't hiring people, obviously the economy hasn't come back. Guess we need to extend the unemployment benefits. Guess we need to keep doing the monthly paychecks from the uh, the child uh, uh, child support or the uh, uh, the child tax credit. We just need to extend it. That's what their goal is. If they can ram this stuff through now, by the fall when the federal budget comes out, they can extend these because then the economy just hasn't recovered. And guess what? We just need to spend more money. It's all the long-term goal. And do you really think that Joe Biden's actually having control on that one? Yeah, probably not.
1: The voice of reason
0: with Andy Hoosier. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today. Radio TV live streaming, podcasting halfway over already. I don't care what any other program says. We are by far the fastest hour of radio on radio. Plus, we have the live stream and the podcast and the TV, all of it at HoosierReason.com as well, all over the country, growing by leaps and bounds. The podcast downloads killing it, so we appreciate you very, very much wherever you may be as we continue to fight for common sense and reason and do the thing each and every day hey want to give a plug real quickly to armed american radio the great mark walters got to jump in on him with his program earlier today so always fun there you can visit him at armedamericanradio.org another show all over the country talking about second amendment issues had some fun on that one so make sure to tune into there. If you get an opportunity, I want to jump to our next guest. Though, let's shift gears a little bit. No more taxes, no more you know government taking your money. I mean, obviously that happens, and where this guy is at, I feel really bad for him as uh, he's out in California. The uh, it's, uh, I I don't know California man, it's a it's a wild place. I love watching the news stories out there because it's always fun and entertaining as you're on the outside. But looking on the inside, I feel bad. We have a lot of listeners in California, so uh, it's it's wild with the fight. Keep up the fight out there in California. Because you can change it, you just have to work really, really hard in order to do it. He's host of the Drew Allen Show podcast, also uh, com. It's Mr. Drew and Allen on the program with us here. Drew, how are you, my friend?
1: Hey, Andy. As good as can be expected.
0: Yeah, well, Living as good as can be expected California. in California. Yeah, I was going to say, in California, you you battle the battle every single day, which I'm sure is fun. Now, where are you guys with COVID restrictions? Are you still pretty tight lip up there, or is it starting to open up?
1: No, we're pretty much completely open um, with the exception that uh, the government out here has created a pre 1964, before the civil rights movement, uh, regressing to the point where, you know, if you've been vaccinated, uh, they've, they've basically given the demand that you're supposed to, you can take your mask off. But if you haven't been vaccinated and can't prove it with your card, mm-hmm. you still have to wear your mask. So I'm not doing any of that. I haven't been vaccinated. Nobody said a word to me. I don't really care. Uh, but you know, that's, that's what's happening in some places. You walk in and you know who the unvaccinated are because they have, uh, um, their masks on their face.
0: Interesting. So they are trying to enforce the whole, you need to show proof of vaccination. That's why I've heard other states talking about it and I was wondering when it would happen. So it's already happening out there then. Good golly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's happened. Not to me because I don't care, but um, yeah, it's happened (laughs) to a lot of people. And good for you.
0: Good for you. Now I have to ask as well, because obviously it makes big story, but the governor's race here for this special election. Caitlyn Jenner, is there going to be a shot in the dark that Caitlyn Jenner's going to run, uh, going to make this as governor in California?
1: Andy, oh, man, this is a, a sensitive subject for me. Um, <laughs> but here we are. Here we go. You've asked the question. I, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. Look, if, if, if it has to be Caitlyn Jenner, um, who could who, who gets an office, obviously that's better than Gavin Newsom. Yeah. Now, I don't know that that's the strongest candidate. And, and as a matter of fact, I think there's about 60 people with their hat in the ring. And what I'm concerned about is that, that uh, recall's coming up later this year, and we don't even have a, a clear candidate. I couldn't tell you who it is. There hasn't been much talk about it. And we're running out of time. I mean, that candidate needs to be chosen, and we're going to have an uphill battle with the media out here to get publicity anyway. And so they're going to have to do something like Donald Trump did in terms of going out and holding rallies and things like that. And we're also losing momentum because there was a bipartisan effort underway throughout the COVID lockdowns and the schools being shut down in which, you know, Democrats and Republicans and everyone were upset. But now that we're, you know, open until Gavin Newsom changes his mind, you know, look, the feeling fades pretty quickly. And so I don't know how upset people are right now with Gavin Newsom.
0: Well, he's really turned it around, and now he's trying to play that factor of, oh, I'm Mr. Nice Guy allowing things to reopen back up, which is why he's starting to get that support. Then I saw some money come in from different national companies, which is kind of entertaining as well. But you're right. I mean, it seems like just from the outsiders looking in, it seems kind of pandemonium of so many people jumping in the ring, not a clear front runner or even an organized push by one party or the other, especially Republicans trying to take this. To actually have a clear front-running candidate, uh, so that's I'm a little concerned by that, and I don't know if this whole re- uh, recall thing is going to work.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's just it's very frustrating because you know this is kind of uh, a microcosm of what's plagued the, the Republican Party overall. If you look at the history over the past decades, uh, one we only kind of like run elections in the year of the election, whereas the Democrat Party is organizing and working behind the scenes every day you know, in the years prior and building up to it. And, you know, here we are with the opportunity of a lifetime to make a statement in, in California. You know, they always say, right, what is it, you know, the way Cal, you know, the the, the Resonation goes the way of California. Yeah. And so here's a chance that we have to to do something about this and make a stand. And it's just, you know, where is, where is the uh, Republican National Committee? Where are the big organizations? I just... You know, it's like it's like it's an afterthought. I don't
0: understand. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, Talking about some of the mayhem and just kind of disorganization going on, let's talk about the Olympics for a second. We saw the headline today that, of course, uh, Japan and Tokyo has declared a state of emergency. There's going to be no fans in the ring. Uh, People that had vendor boosts and everything are now canceling because obviously there's nobody there to look at their products and buy anything. So that's a cluster. We see American athletes wanting to go there with the intent to try and disrespect the American flag. This seems like a cluster in itself, but especially with the U.S. being represented, doesn't this kind of show the disorganization and the lack of unity that we have as a country when our own athletes that have USA on their jerseys to try and perform against other nations say, I can't wait to get up on that stage to burn the flag or disrespect the flag? I mean, to me, that's a statement to the rest of the world that we don't have our stuff together on the home front.
1: No, look, I think that the, uh, the fact that they're not going to have people in the stands and in the stadiums is apropos. You know, it's kind of perfect because no American who loves this country wants to watch the Olympics anyway when you have people like Gwen Berry, who is the, uh, you know, makes a living in this country throwing hammers. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing, uh, you know, disrespecting the flag. So the interest is down, so it's perfect. You know, just don't have anyone there anyway because, you know, the American people are turned off from it anyway if you're just going to go and disrespect the country and embarrass us.
0: It's unfortunate because, I mean, regardless of what you think of the country, I see this as kind of the family, you know, the family that has the internal bickerings. We argue, we debate, we we get mad at each other. But when it comes to outsiders trying to trash the family, then you have to deal with the entire family because we're a unified thing. Republicans are terrible at doing that within the party with our own internal bickerings and then trying to work together against Democrats. And it seems like now we're, as a nation, having a hard time worrying about our own internal issues and then going out there and saying, you know what, I can't wait to go and burn the flag or turn my back on the flag because, you know, I just really despise this country. This is really just showing that we, again, we're not unified and we can't figure our own issues out when we're on an international stage.
1: No, it is telling about how dire the circumstances are in this country right now. You know, Joe Biden recently said something. The first thing he's ever said that I agree with, he said the nation hasn't been this divided since the Civil War. And, uh, and he's right, because there are two Americas right now. There are those of us who love the country and actually understand the history. And then there's the Democrat Party and a lot of their voters, unfortunately, some of them just misguided and, and indoctrinated uh who hate this country and uh want to burn the American flag and you know we can't go on like this honestly you know it, it, you know it's like Lincoln said during the civil war you know it's it's this country will become all one thing or another but it can't just sit here in the middle like it is and um and, and you know you've got the January 6th and you've got you know commission which is basically in my opinion Andy a declaration of war against the American people yeah. uh, by the democrat party and i think that's where we are it's very very it's, it's very very frightening but um you know, there's, some, there's hope out there,
0: okay? Well, let's talk about that. I mean, the what is the hope and what can we do? With the Olympics, I don't really care. I mean, I'm not going to really watch the Olympics anyways. I, it never really intrigues me, and I, I really don't care if they're canceled, not canceled. doesn't matter. What we can do is we can focus on the athletes that actually do turn and actually respect the flag when that time uh, comes appropriate. So we can do our part on that front and give them the publicity as opposed to the others. But our internal bickering, I mean, you say there's optimism, which I, I think there is as well, but what is the optimism and what can we look forward to down the road?
1: Well, I would use one example to show something optimistic. Well, a couple examples. The first, Andy, is you've seen unbelievable, immense pushback against critical race theory in our schools. I mean, this movement has caused uh, parents to do what they've, you know, failed to do for, for decades, which is actually get themselves on these school boards and actually become a part of the local changes that affect the future of the nation. But the thing that, that Republicans and conservatives have to understand. We have to acknowledge the enemy we face, okay? The Republican Party and the rhinos are always making concessions. There are no concessions. The line is drawn clearly in the sand. You know, we can't give anymore. And you saw, you know, there's 5,000 teachers in the teachers' union who signed a petition recently, and they said, even if you make critical race theory, teaching that in the schools illegal, we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. And so that's the enemy, okay?
0: Yeah. And we're fighting back against it. I think people are becoming aware of that. And unfortunately, it's hitting schools all over the country. We had an issue with that here, even in Kansas, surprisingly, which, I mean, Kansas kind of led the civil rights movement back in the day as well. So for that kind of issue to come here is really fascinating to me. But you're absolutely right, and you hit it right on. Republicans need to stop cowering and stop compromising and thinking that we're doing something good when we give up 80 percent of our agenda just to say we got something done and i don't think republicans are quite there yet but what i am optimistic about is republicans actually you know getting gearing up for the midterm elections next year where we see candidates jumping into races all over the country i think that donald trump movement's still there in large and a lot of candidates are using that to try to get into the midterm election which i think we could really start turning some things around
1: look the big lie out there andy and we on our side cannot adopt the headlines of cnn as truth okay they want to act like Donald Trump is uh, basically defeated. He's a, he's a, um, you know, uh, a shadow of, of his former self and that, you know, he's politically damaged goods. That is not true because if he were, they would not be continuing to attack him and try and destroy him, even though he's not in office and hasn't made a statement about whether he plans to run or not. Uh, he, he is a strong viable candidate still. And you have, uh, I forget the gentleman's name, uh, uh, he, he just came out. He's running for Senate, I believe. I think A.J. Vance or uh, somebody Vance, right? I think this guy, he attacked Donald Trump in the past in tweets and things like that. And now he's groveling at Donald Trump's feet. J.D. Vance is the guy's name. He's groveling at uh, at Trump's feet trying to get an endorsement. So if that should tell you everything you need to know, you know, if Trump's damaged goods, why is is everyone begging for his endorsement?
0: Yeah, the movement's still there. Drew Allen, host of the Drew Allen Show podcast. You can find him online, DrewThomasAllen.com, and you can go check out all his stuff. Fighting the good fight in the great state of California. Drew, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. It's been too long. Let's get you back on the show again soon.
1: Hey, you got it, Andy. Anytime. It's a
0: pleasure. Hey, you as well. We appreciate that very much. We'll take a break, get ready to wrap up the show today for a pre-Friday celebration. The optimism moving forward in the country. I like it because there is a lot of optimism. We just have to be aware of it. Let's do this thing.
1: The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
0: Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at whosyourreason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. You're listening to The Voice of Reason
1: with Andy Hoosier. We're back into the
0: program, wrapping up the show today on a free Friday celebration. Drew Allen, thanks again for coming on the program. Always great to chat with him. You can find him DrewThomasAllen.com for his podcast. You can find us at HoosierReason.com for our podcast Link to all of our social media, plus sign up for the newsletter, which we do at the beginning of every month. If you missed this month, you can read the blog on the website at HoosierReason.com right there on the top. Also become a Hoosier holic by signing up with the free newsletter that pops up and says, do you want to become a Hoosier holic?" And you say, heck yes, I do. I, it's funny. So I don't go to Drudge Report nearly as much as what I used to. I liked it because it had a link of all these different topical stories that I could, you know, look at and say, oh, that's a great topic to talk about. And I'd find it. I don't go there a whole lot now because they went so anti-Trump towards the end. Really, once Trump got into office, they kind of went less conservative and And uh, really took things to a different level. So I don't visit Drudge Report a whole lot anymore. But I went there today and was scrolling. And I love how there's a headline trying to attack Ron DeSantis. Because you got to remember, Ron DeSantis is potentially going to be the Trump movement, new guy, new conservative, potential presidential candidate in 2024. So everybody's loving Mr. Ron DeSantis right now, which is cool. I mean, he's he's great. He's good. I like him. I don't know if he's going to be the candidate that uh, is going to be the end all be all but I think he's a good I think he's a good governor of Florida right now. Here's the headline from Judge Report. DeSantis won't commit to statewide review of aging Florida buildings. Oh my. Now of course it's in reference to the building that ended up crumbling and it was the apartment complex and people are stuck inside and it's the big news and everybody's been talking about it but he won't commit to a statewide review of all the aging Florida buildings. I don't know how they do things in the state of Florida. What I do know is in states like Kansas here, where I'm at, and Colorado, I believe, even in Ohio, once you sell a building and it's private, it's the private business's duty, whoever manages that building, to make sure that they do a review on the building if it starts to crumble or have infrastructure problems, because they're the ones that are liable, not the the state. So um, why he's being pressured to do a review of the aging Florida buildings, this is just... Really a way for them to attack him and be like, look, he's just like Donald Trump. He supported Donald Trump. He's kind of an an evil jerk. We don't like him. And he won't even take care of people in aging buildings that may have infrastructure problems because he wants people to die in the street. Again, you got to remember the typical attack ads from the left side of the aisle where, you know, if Republicans don't go along with your side, then they probably want evil, sick people and rich people and whatever to die in the streets and just not care about humanity because that's the argument from the left side, because they don't know how to do a substantial discussion. If you are a progressive and you do want to actually have substantial arguments, you can always email me, network at gmail.com. I can read it on the air, or I could even schedule you to come on the program, because as you know, I like dialogue. I like discussion. I like debating. And even though we may not agree, uh, agree and see eye to eye, I can at least try to understand how you get from point A to point B. But most of the time now, with the way politics have gone, Number one, that's not going to happen. Number two, I just can't see the connection from dot A to dot B. For example, uh, just let's put Trump back in office for a second, and let's look at his sons, Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump, and and some of those kids, um, and Kushner, and and uh, the other the the daughters. If they would have had risque types of dealings or controversial type of dealings, do you think that that would have been news in the mainstream media while they were in office? Probably. Like, that would be the headlines. Donald Trump Jr. Uh, has risque paintings. Or Donald Trump Jr., you know, potentially on Epstein's Island or whatever. They would have lost their minds over that stuff. But yet, we still don't hear much about Hunter Biden while Joe Biden's actually in the White House. We saw a story from the Seattle Times about some paintings. Now, I don't know if Hunter Biden made the paintings or if they're paintings of him. But here's the fun part. According to the Seattle Times, White House officials have helped craft an agreement under which purchases... Uh, uh, purchases Hunter Biden's artwork, which could be listed at prices of up to $500,000. Now, does that mean he was the artist of these, or does that mean they had an artist of Hunter Biden painting him, and these prices go up to $500,000? But because they're controversial, or they're risque, or they could have put a bad light under the Biden administration, the White House is talking about purchasing these art uh, pieces of art, so the general public does not see them. Under the arrangement negotiated in recent months, a New York gallery owner is planning to set prices for the art and will withhold all records, including potential bidders and final buyers. The owner has also agreed to reject any offer that he deems suspicious or that comes over the asking price, according to people familiar with the agreement as well. Biden's art sale expected to take place this fall comes with potential challenges because it's Hunter Biden. Buy him up. Don't let people see him. It's okay to do that. Now, if Donald Trump tried to save his kids from looking embarrassing... You know what the media would do to them. Oh yeah, they don't like that too much. But he's on the droid joe looking for. Look the other way. But well, by golly, Ron DeSantis, you better look at private buildings and how dare you want people to die in the streets. It's a crazy world out there. Back at it tomorrow for a Friday, wrapping up the week already with the shortened week from the holiday. Until then, this is your show. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is the voice reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow.